So Tom is retiring. Brady, not Lamprecht. <laughs> Tom Brady said uh, he's retiring for good at this time. Exactly one year ago, Brady said he was retiring, changed his mind a few days later, and uh, returned for one more year. Uh, Brady won six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots and one with the Tampa, Day, Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> I saw a, a meme on social media that someone put together and said that Tom Brady, once he lost for the first time in his career to the Dallas Cowboys, it was final time to retire. <laughs> 45. I mean, there's been a couple of guys that were quarterback that played into their 40s, but I, not, on a, not as a starter. And, and yeah, not at that uh, success rate either. Oh, you know, oh. I mean, he's he's been pretty productive. News and Observer is reporting Senate Republicans advance the controversial. Now, this is their word: controversial Parents' Bill of Rights today, after a lengthy and heated opposition from some legislators, parents, and students who say the law would be harmful to LGBTQ students and a burden on school districts and educators harmful for lgbtq students because their parents might find out if the child wants to change genders that's how it's, it's harmful uh and listen the democrat lawmakers came out and resisted the bill citing potential harm to marginalized students arguing the bill would add stress to an understaffed school system which i'm sorry that's an absolute crock uh maybe if the school system focused on the three r's instead of lgbtq CRT and equity, they wouldn't have these stress issues. Anyway, uh, North Carolina, it looks like, will be getting a parent's bill of rights. Now, does this compare to uh, what we saw down in Florida, which uh, I hope it does. That uh, It seems like that was a very positive. Uh, to talk about it, um, John Locke has a, a strategic projects and government affairs manager. He testified to the North Carolina legislature today, the Senate uh, committee, uh, Andre Bolova. He uh, is with us now. Andre, good to have you with us, and uh, welcome to News and Views. Give us, give us the Reader's Digest of what is in this Parents' Bill of Rights for North Carolinians. Sure. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me on. You bet. Yeah, happy to, happy to chat about it. Sure. So, a couple things. I think, first of all, and I, I was uh, listening to, to y'all the, the lead-in here. Uh, I, I will I will say this: uh, this bill is very different in a lot of ways from the bill in Florida. Okay. It seems to be a talking point from those on the left and Demo Democrat uh, advocates who who are opposing this bill. Uh, you know, opposition to this bill, they seem to try to be equating it to the, the Florida bill as a way to uh, inject national level national level talking points. Uh, instead of actually having solid uh, and real and reasonable conversations about, uh, you know, parental empowerment and education. So I just want to say, say that up front. They, they use that as a talking point, but it's very different. Yeah, th this bill actually has some, uh, which should be common sense areas of public policy in it. Uh, common sense because I think these are things that uh, all of us up until recently just took for granted. The idea that uh, parents should be steering, parents should be in charge and, effectively have the final say over their child's education, their physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. Uh, and apparently there are people who believe that that's not the case. People seem to think that, uh, you know, the agents of the state uh, and other uh, should uh, actually be leading the charge on, uh, on all these things for, for children. Um, so effectively what, what this bill is, is, is doing is saying, well, no, uh, children are not the property of the state. Uh, the 
children, the, the parents are to take the lead on all of these, on, on their education and well-being. So the bill puts into statute uh, essentially empowering parents by making uh, school curriculum, instructional materials, uh, elements of you know, sort of the administrative process in schools. It, it uh, creates mechanisms of transparency so parents can be more actively engaged, involved in their students' educational experience, in a very holistic way, they can see what's in the curriculum. They can, you know, uh, know what's going on in the student, you know, records if the stu- if their if their child is, you know, meeting with you know different people in the school. Effectively, what this is is they are uh, parents can and will no longer be hoodwinked as to what is going on in schools with their children. You know, when a when a parent drops off their child at school or they get on the bus, you know, their uh, their their position as parents and as, you know, the, the steers of their of their child's well-being doesn't end. And, and all the bill is saying is that, you know, that, that that's the case, that parents should be directing all of this and that schools should be transparent on what they're on, on, on what they're providing for the children. I mean, that's really the crux of what we're talking here. We can right. get into you know, some of the more wonky parts of the bill, but effectively that's what it does. It is to be more transparent, to allow parental empowerment and engagement uh, in, in schools, and there's, I mean, there's also elements in the bill. There's a whole section uh, about a parent. I think it's the a parent's achievement guide. I think is what they're calling it. And, and really, what it says is it's showing this guide so parents can see the achievement level of what their students are doing. And with the learning loss that we've seen, you know, since the COVID-19 lockdowns, I think parents need this this guide to be able to see is my student actually achieving and excelling in in school. So. Uh, you know, uh, our, our organization, the, the John Locke Foundation, is, is very supportive of this bill. We believe that anything we can do to increase transparency, increase uh, parental empowerment is, is a positive thing. And that's really what the bill is doing. We're talking to Andrew uh, Andre uh, Bulova, who with the, the John Locke Foundation on the Parents' uh, Bill of Rights. Uh, you know, I, I I downloaded the 11-page bill. It's a fairly easy read, and there's a lot of, you know, whatnots and who there and whereas is in there. But... Uh, you know, it's, it's, the way you described it, I actually wrote down in my notes, if you had to introduce this bill in 1960, parents would have looked at you and saying, why are you wasting time? Yeah, well, why are you <laughs> wasting time for what is common sense and natural law? That's but right. but yet uh, that's where we are. And I guess we have to do it. You could have also probably named the bill something like uh, uh, government schools. Please keep your hands off of our kids because so much of this bill is directed to the, the school system. I noticed at the uh, towards the end of the bill, it also talks about um, uh, medica- uh, medical coverage of the bill and and what um, professional uh, doctors and people in the prof- in the medical community uh, what they can and can't do in terms of informing parents. And I noticed that there was a which I thought was fairly small a five thousand dollar penalty if they broke the law. But I didn't. I don't remember seeing anything uh, in in this bill that would. Um, uh, well, for a, n- n- a better way of putting it, is to punish anybody that breaks the law as it relates to the education aspect of this bill. And uh, quite frankly, if there if there isn't any teeth in it, I can see the governments certain people in in the government school system they'll just say well you know what we're, we're just not going to say anything to the parents whether whether you pass this sb 49 or not mm-hmm. well and i think i mean as with any law I mean, we're gonna the uh the policy might be sound but its implementation is always uh, 
another thing. So if the bill is passed, if the bill passes and this becomes law, I mean, I think we'll have to see how this plays out. I think uh, you, you can almost be guaranteed that uh, whether what you're describing or something else, there's likely going to be, I would imagine, litigation to some degree that's going to come because of, of this bill. Uh, there are, uh, my read on the bill, there, there are recourses in there. I mean, obviously, that the, if the, there are items in statute that talks about if, you know, if you violate statute, it is, it is against the law. I don't know uh, off, uh, off the top of my head what, what those specific penalties are, but obviously you cannot violate the law. There are rules that the school has to engage in. The bill also, I, I believe my read on it, also has a, a private course of action that people can potentially take if they feel the law is, is not followed. So, I mean, obviously, once, once, once the law is on the books, there's always going to be recourse for, for breaking the law. But I think, uh, we can, I think we can envision there will likely be uh, litigation of different sorts that will likely come uh, from, this, from this bill, most likely from uh, people who are just going to uh, test the waters to see how enforceable it might be. Now, the Senate, this is a Senate bill. The House had a similar bill in, in the last session. Uh, is there somebody taking this up in the House, or do, will the Senate pass it and then hand it over to the House? How will that work? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I can't speak to what, uh, what, you know, what either caucus, uh, the Republicans or Democrat caucus in either chamber, uh, are doing. This, this is a bill that was, that was filed by the, the Senate Education Chairs. Uh, I imagine they're talking with uh, with their their House colleagues. Uh, what will happen? So I, I I would imagine that if the bill passes through the Senate, which of course uh, Republicans have a, a supermajority in the Senate, so they're they're going to have no issue uh, passing it through the Senate. I guess the question then would be for House Republicans is you know can they get the one or two Democrats on board that they need. Uh, to override a gubernatorial veto, which you uh, know is coming, the, you know that's coming, right? Uh, oh, for, for, uh, it, it's definitely coming. So, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, that, that that would be the strategy though going forward, I guess, is, uh, for the House. But so far as the actual conversations or what the bill's uh, journey is, I, I I can't speak to that because I don't know. Uh, Andre Benny Hardy here. I, and full disclosure, I hadn't had a chance to read the actual bill, but I've read some summaries from a couple of agencies. One being. The News Observer, which sometimes I take for a grain of salt, but it says what's in the bill. One thing it says, it says the right to consent or withhold consent for participation in reproductive health and safety education programs. How about tell me exactly what it says in the bill as it relates to that? Yeah, I, I, my, my read on, on those particular sections is I think it allows a parent to decide whether or not they want their child to participate in in the specific uh, you know course curricular when when it comes to things like um, you know any any like in a in like a, a health class for example there's going to be specific conversations about uh, you know like uh, you know you know sexual practices or or things like that. My read on the bill is that this allows parents effectively to have an opt in opt out if they want their you know child taking specific sex ed classes. Uh, for example, and what ages do that cover from from K through what? Uh, so the, the, there's there's language in the bill about about um, specifically about curriculum about gender gender um, identity, sexuality and sexual activity, and the bill carves that out in curriculum about uh, K through fourth grade. Okay. So that that particular section talks about the the, the curriculum of the bill, but as far as the opt in opt out language, I don't know that it's necessarily constrained. What that section of the bill says that that kind of language or that kind of that kind of Stuff cannot be part of the curriculum in K through four, but the parents' ability to opt in and opt out—I would have to reread that. But my understanding is that that is not uh, only for 
uh, K, K through four, uh, well, as far as a, a parent's ability to say, I don't want my child in, uh, you know, in a sex ed class, for example. Uh, well, as, as you know, the, the left, progressive left and Democrats, you know, will be the first thing they will say, well, you know, what, what do parents know about educating children? We're in the educating <laughs> business. Uh, I mean, you know, that's coming. Um, so, I, you know, I guess th- things that, you know, used to be given, uh, I mean, Hey, there are kids there are kids of yeah. uh, no it doesn't take a village it takes parents yeah. <laughs> you know you mm-hmm. well you know the other thing too though is it's i'm not so concerned because the number of stories that come across our desk that we cover day after day week after week it seems like the bigger problem are things like after school clubs not the curricula but after school clubs and uh would this you know would this cover uh, everything from the time the child walks in the front door to the time the child leaves on the school bus. Uh, so there are there are uh, sections in the bill that do address uh, like extracurricular activities. I think it does address uh, clubs. Um, you know, as far as the the parent having the ability to know what's going on, I I, I, I don't recall the particular section, but I, I do think there's there there's at least one section in the bill that says a parent would have the right to see like uh, you know what a what a club, a particular club's mission statement is, for example, uh, and things like that. So the, the bill does cover uh, those areas. So far, again, this is about the transparency and parent empowerment. The bill is saying that if a parent wants to know what's going on in a particular club that their child is a member of, they, they have the right to know that information in the school will have to provide that. So, Andre, does uh, John Locke have any kind of white paper or any kind of description that our listeners could go to and uh, get more information on this? Sure. So we have plenty of research on our on our website. If you go to, uh, to johnlock.org, you you will you'll find it. Uh, we have uh, research papers on uh, parents' bill of rights. Our uh, policy researchers in, in education have there's plenty of plenty of uh, information we have up on there. We had uh, a bill language that we had suggested the, in the last biennium. There's going to be uh, reports also that people could see on uh, our news outlet, Carolina Journal, that'll be talking about this bill and some summaries of that as well so yeah i encourage anyone is interested in in, in this or, or or anything regarding education policy or if you're interested in in school choice uh our our website will will have plenty of plenty of reading opportunities that, that's one thing you will always get with with uh, engaging with the public policy think tank is we will give you plenty to read that's for sure <laughs> andre thanks a million do appreciate it andre bolivo from uh, the john locke foundation thanks for your insights thank you